at the core of who we are, um, you guys saw that, 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 that yesterday, today, and tomorrow, um, we're, we're, we're at some point always trying to figure out where we're going, right? It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. You're always wondering what tomorrow is going to be. It's in our nature. It's built into who we are as human beings to want to know what's next. So um, some of you guys, you know, aren't going to go with the whole app thing or whatever. But at the core of who you are, you wonder, like, what tomorrow has, right? Um, some of us that, that are a little more, you know, trying to go with the trends or whatever, um, or give in to any little thing that everybody's doing or whatever, I, 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 that's me. Um, I always want, you know, if there's a new iPhone, like, I want it. Whether I can afford it or not, I want it. Um, whatever trends come in, I'll always just dive into it, right? That, that's what they call, like, the, the early adapters. And then there's, like, the smarter people that kind of wait for everybody to buy it and, and mess it up and figure it out. And then when it's, like, tried and true, then you dive into what's coming up. So that's smarter. But at the core of who we are, we all want to know what and where we're going. So I guess it kind of relates in that. A couple of weeks ago, um, my son, Cyrus, who's 11 years old, uh, went to camp, and they, go, they do this thing called Hume Lake. You guys ever heard of that? Woohoo! Some of you, how many of you guys went and were there as counselors? Okay, there's a few of you guys. Sweet. So it turns out that um, my son uh, goes, goes off to camp, and um, we're all excited because we get to have a week without him. Um, we love him to death. We absolutely love him to death, but... It's nice to have a little break because this guy is like full of energy, nonstop, just an amazing, amazing kid. But it was nice to kind of let you guys hang out with him for a week. So um, first day of camp, they, they get to camp. They rode, you know, this bus, whatever. And like there's like two different types of Hume Lake. So high school goes like seven hours up to above Fresno into the mountains, 7,000 feet altitude. It's a, it's a like camp camp for legit. And uh, the junior hires, they go to San Diego. And so they basically, uh, it's just, you know, it's just the beach and it's two hours away, so it's kind of close by. So he thought it was a great idea because junior hires think this way. A couple of years ago, he, he would not have thought it this way, but his brain is shifting into like pre-adolescence. And so he thought it was awesome because it's not awesome to wear socks and sandals that it would be awesome to wear socks and sandals right so like it's just shifting like a couple years ago I couldn't have gotten them to I couldn't have paid him enough money to do that because it wasn't cool but now he knows it's still not cool but he's starting to kind of like his brain's starting to shift so he's starting to want to do not cool things because it's not cool it's the opposite or whatever so in his adolescence he's growing into into that that kind of a, a mentality and so they, they go, and he's got his socks and sandals, and he's like, everyone's making fun of him, and he's la they're laughing at him, and he's like, he thinks it's great because he doesn't care. And then um, they begin to run down this hill. And as he's running down this hill, there's this speed bump that he didn't see was there, and so he trips, ends up falling, and fa falls like this on his arm and ends up breaking his arm. So he goes to the nurse, uh, I guess if you can call her that. And um, he's all scraped up. She cleans up the, the scrape. And then uh, it had just happened, so it hadn't swollen up yet, kind of. And he's just kind of like, yeah, is my arm okay? And she looks at him. She's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't be a baby. It's fine. And so uh, 
He ends up going back, and I, I, I know for a fact the kid knew. He knew it was broken. The, you know the pain that you get with a broken, with a broken bone? It's, it's unbearable, right? Um, I've had a broken bone, and I know what it feels like. And so he did not want to go home on the first day of camp. So what he does is he puts on this little blazer, and it's this blazer that we bought him because he just graduated sixth grade. And we went out and we bought him a little, a little suit jacket, and he thought it was the most amazing thing. And he, he didn't take it off for like three weeks straight. The thing, like, it reeks. It, it smells so bad because he won't take it off. But he ends up putting it on and covering his arm. This happened on Sunday. They get back from camp on Friday. The kid held on to the pain and white-knuckled his broken arm all week long. And, and put on his little suit jacket so nobody could see it. And he just acted like nothing was wrong. And he was in, like, major pain. But he thought that it was better to do that than to call mom and dad and then have him have to come home and not, not partake of, of camp. The truth is, is that it's two hours away, right? We would have driven two hours. We would have gone to the emergency room. We would have gotten a cast on his little arm, and then we would have dropped him back off at camp. And he would have had whatever pain medication he needed. He would have had a cast on. He would have felt safe and secure. And he would have had a blast hanging out at camp. But in his mind, he was in total denial of the whole thing and just figured that he knew what was better. So Friday, they drop him off on the buses or whatever, and he's hanging out. And, um, and he's just sitting there, and I look, I look at him. First of all, I'm like, why are you wearing, like, the suit jacket? It's like 102 degrees out there. And he's like, it's cool. I like it, whatever. And then I, I like, he does something with his arm, and I look at his arm, and it's, like, twice as thick as it should be. And, and his hand is like a, a balloon hand, right? It's just, like, swollen. The thing is huge. And I'm like, bro, what happened to your hand? He's like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And I'm like, no, it's something. I'm like, we're going to have to, go, we got to go to the doctor right now. And so I call Lori Lynn. She's like, oh, my gosh. And so at this point, I figured it had happened that day, right? And so as we are driving to the hospital, um, we start asking questions. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I think it happened, like, Wednesday. And we're like, shoot, kid, you've had your arm broke. For, and at, at this point, we don't know if it's technically broke, but it's swollen and it's got that S. You know how it does that S shape when the, when the wrist is broken? It's like, it's like, it's going this way, and then it's going this way all at the same time. And, um, and he's like, well, maybe it was Tuesday. And I'm like, when was it? And, like, Laura Lynn's, like, just pressing. Like, and he's like, all right, I don't know. I think it was, like, Monday. So by the time we get to the doctors, and the doctor's like, you don't lie to a doctor, right? And he's like, yeah, it happened. When, when was the first day of camp? I don't know. I think it was, like, Sunday. It happened Sunday. So we're like, wow, you're crazy, man. Um, anyway, we, we live life that way sometimes. It's called denial. We tell ourselves lies, and, and, and we, we believe something that we believe that isn't necessarily true. For me, you guys have heard a little bit of my story and my life. 
You've heard about my, I, I'm a, you know, I'll often, if you guys come and hang on, on Friday nights or whatever, we introduce ourselves a little more real than, than usual people do, okay? And you'll hear me say, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. When I was five years old, uh, a 14-year-old girl took advantage of me, took me into a room, and she did things, and she opened my eyes to things that no five-year-old should ever be exposed to. That's, that's a, a hurt. That's what we call a hurt. We all have hurts. Um, we all have hang-ups. The hang-up in my situation was I held on to a secret because I thought that if I told my parents, I was going to get in trouble. And, and I, told, I, I thought that, that if I went and I, and I said, hey, mom and dad, there was this situation that happened, and this is what happened, that I was going to get in trouble. So in the same way, I held on to a secret in my life that I thought I would get in trouble in the same way that Cyrus, my son, right, kind of held on to his secret because he didn't want to miss out on camp. And that was his hang-up. And it was just a hang-up. It wasn't reality. We would have picked him up and we would have taken him and then we would have brought him back to camp and he would have been great. Except he had to power through the pain for a week. And so a lot of us have those situations in our, our lives. You may be sitting here and I'm telling you my story and it's not necessarily your story, but you have hurts you have situations in your life where you have been, you know, maybe physically uh, hurt, uh, emotionally hurt. And then because of that, we create these lies in our minds and these hang-ups, right? So we've got the hurt, the hang-up, and then from that, how many of you guys were here this morning with JP? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a few of you. He talked about habits, right? And so then, then thus form the habits. And then the habits take you to a place where you begin to do things that you don't even want to do, right? And so um, I have this uh, little flyer here uh, from Celebrate Recovery. And it talks about all the things that, that we do on a Friday night. Uh, we start up at 7 with worship. It's always great worship. And then we go uh, into open share groups at 8 p.m. And then we do a Crosstalk Cafe where we hang out and fellowship from 9 to 10. But on the back of this little flyer is 20 reasons why we might want to get involved in this recovery thing. And so, yes, tonight um, I'm here and I'm hanging out with you guys and I'm telling you about Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it is something that I thought I would never be doing. Okay? It's something that if you would have told me 10 years ago, hey, you're going to be part of this program and you're going to help people and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, I would have been like, <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Um, I just sing for people and I make them feel good. And then God had a completely different plan. And so as I dove into this process and I began to work through um, this, this program, God began to like really like work through my hurts, my hang-ups, and my habits. And so on the back of this little flyer are 20 questions, and I just want to go through them tonight, okay? Um, can we go through them tonight? Can I read them to you? Here we go. Uh, it says, it asks the question, isn't, isn't Celebrate Recovery just for, for alcoholics and addicts? Question mark. And then it says, the answers might surprise you. So... Here are 20 questions designed to help you identify if Celebrate Recovery could be something that you could get some help from. So here it is. The first one is, um, have you ever gossiped or done something hurtful to another person? Hmm. The second one is, have you ever found out someone gossiped about you or said a hurtful thing about you? Number three, 
have you ever shared with someone in confidence only to have that confidence broken? Number four, have you ever been impatient or frustrated when things did not go the way that you wanted them to go? Hmm. Number five, have you ever been tired to be first in line? Sorry. Oh, you guys are reading along with me. Okay, good. I should have brought my glasses. This is small. All right. Have you ever... Have you ever tried, yes, to be first in line at the grocery store, at the stoplight, at a buffet line, etc.? Um, have you ever or saved, yes, yeah, saved or taken the best thing for yourself? Uh, there's, this, there's this thing that used to happen to me because my thing is anger. And so in my anger, um, I held on to the secret as a kid. I didn't tell anybody. And my hang-up was... Just don't let anybody mess with you and take care of that five-year-old, right? So as I grew older, that's what I was doing, and it, 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 it surfaced itself in anger. So there'd be moments, and I've said this before. You guys maybe have heard this story before, but I, I've, I would drive uh, you know, through the drive-thru at McDonald's, and you'd ask for like a cheeseburger with no pickles, and then um, I would get my cheeseburger, and there was pickles, and I wanted to like literally just jump out of the car in that moment and jump over the counter and grab that person by the neck and, and love them, right? Just show them some love. Um, and then I'd have this anger running through me. And when I came down from it, I would be like, dude, Moy, what's wrong with you? It's just a cheeseburger. Relax. But I was able to figure out later on that it was, it was me not wanting to be taken advantage of. It was me knowing that I had been taken advantage of as a little kid and as an adult, me going, that's not ever going to happen to me. So if anybody messes with me, my chest is going to puff up, my eyebrows are going to go all like vato crazy, and, um, and I'm going to punch somebody in the face because they're not going to mess with me, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the hang up and the lie that I believed, and that's how I chose to live in my denial, right, as I'm, as I'm hanging out in the camp of life, broken, not wanting to admit what's going on with me. Let's keep going. Where did we leave off? Six? Okay, let's go to seven. Okay, have you ever had difficulty falling or staying asleep at night? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the simple stuff, right? We were just talking about that before here. Um, it's amazing what happens when you drink water. When you get the sleep you need and when you eat the food you, you eat, right? God knew what he was doing. And sometimes we walk around life and we haven't done any of those three. And we're, we're just, you're just being a punk to people and you're hating on people or your life is just messy or whatever, what they call it. They call it hangry, right? You're just going around hangry. And all you ever need to do is just, just eat. Um, sometimes it goes a little deeper than that. Sometimes life is just coming at you. And you just can't sleep at night because you're worrying, right? You've got anxiety. You've got worry. And it's, it's overwhelming you. Um, number eight, there it is. Have you ever felt anxious or afraid about something happening in your life? Um, number nine, have you ever felt sad or depressed about something in your past? Um, but you don't want to deal with it, right? Or maybe you do deal with it and it, it drives you to a, a space of depression, 
um, and anxiety. Number 11, have you used an activity, substance, or a person to escape from your problems? Man, um, yeah, we do that. We do that with, I do, I do it. What are we doing? Did I skip one? Oh, my goodness. All right. It's all good. There's 20 of them. I was only going to get to a few of them. But six, okay? Have you ever said yes to someone or something when you really wanted to say no and regretted it later? Okay, what is that? Some of our CR people are here tonight. What would that be? What would that term be called? What does that make you? It makes you a codependent, okay? Um, That's a term that we use, and a lot of you guys have that question. What is a codependent? That's in a sense, a definition of, of being a codependent. But, but more importantly, what is a codependent? A codependent is someone who, who, um, who lives life trying to, you can, you, can, you can be all kinds of codependent, um, but literally at its, at its core, um, if you just think of, of, of the word, right? So we were made to be dependent on God. At, at the core of who we are, we are ultimately made to be dependent on God, to understand that, that it is God who gives us all that we have, even, even the breath that we have, our heart beating right now, everything that's, that, that's happening comes from God. The second that we believe that our dependency should be on something else, we become codependent. And that's, that's, a, that's a by, it's a, it's a dual thing. And, and, and God's created us to just be dependent on him. So that shows itself in different ways. A lot of times you end up not, not having a boundary, right? And you want to people please, right? So you people please and you want to you please those. And it's not something that you want to do, but you know that if you do it, they're going to like you. So you end up doing something that you shouldn't do because you want to please somebody else. Thus, is codependency because you're grabbing a hold of what you want and not what God wants, right? God would guide you in a way to say, hey, you don't need anybody to tell you who you are. You don't need anybody's affirmation but mine. So stay on the path and do what I've called you to do and be dependent on me and you won't be codependent, right? And there's, there's all kinds of different uh, explanations for that, but that's kind of a simple one. Okay, which, which one else did I skip? 10. Man, I was trying to be cool and not bring my glasses tonight. Um, have you ever been betrayed or abandoned or disrespected by someone close to you? We all have issues. Number 11, I already did that one. Number 12, um, have you ever had a secret or a hidden behavior, an object or relationship that you were embarrassed about? We talked about that. 13, have you ever lost someone that you were close to through death, divorce, or moving away? Okay, these are, these are things that happen to people in life. And a lot of times, um, we don't have anybody to walk us through that. We try to, to, again, just white knuckle it and walk through life and say, you know what? This is something that happens to everybody. Yeah, it is. But it's also something that we get to walk through life and when we acknowledge it, and, and, and JP was talking about that this, this morning, even just the mere speaking it out and saying it, there's power in it. Um, the enemy doesn't want us, and I know 
We talk about the enemy, okay? Sorry. But there is, and we're going we're gonna to read some scripture here tonight too. There is a spiritual battle. And so the enemy knows that if he can allow us, if he can get us, and we allow him to get us to a place where we believe those hang-ups, that he's got us captive. Let's go on to the next one, 13. Was it 13 or 14? 14. All right. Have you ever done an activity or a behavior over and over again, um, even though it was damaging to yourself and others? Okay, that's that habit thing that JP was talking about. Okay, you get to the point where you, you, you do something, and then eventually you get to the point where you can't stop doing it. All right? Um, I've, I've had those. I do those all the time. I've got all kinds of, 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 of habits, some of that I'm, you know, not going to share with you tonight, um, some that, that I can. Years ago, I was heavily addicted to, uh, to energy drinks, and um, I, ha- I would have like four or five energy drinks and like 14 cups of coffee, and one day I woke up in the middle of the night thinking I was going to have a heart attack, and uh, it was just a, a, an anxiety attack. It was a panic attack. And I had to break through in that. And then last year, I stopped drinking coffee, and that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do. Um, and I, I, I haven't had coffee. No, I'm lying now. I have had a sip of coffee. But I made it a year and a half with no coffee. And that I, th- I thought I would never be able to do anything like that. You guys proud of me? Woo! All right, 15, have I ever felt like a failure in an area of your life? Uh, Have you ever felt like a failure in an area of your life? All right, again, I feel like it's a repeat of JP's uh, message. You should go back because he's so much smarter than I am, and he said so much more brilliant things than I did. Um, But that's a lie. That's a a thought that, that, that you cultivate and that you believe that God wants to come in and, like, with his truth and, and with his tools, um, break. Uh, 17, have you ever avoided a family member or someone at work or in your neighborhood because of an unresolved conflict? 18, have you ever disliked someone enough to avoid them? 19, have you ever built a wall around yourself and your heart so a person could not hurt you again? Me, me and my wife, uh, we are different. We're so different. We're completely opposites. And it is a miracle that we have uh, made it. We're going to celebrate, are we going on 21? 21 years of marriage. woo Next week? Two weeks. Hey, it's all good. August 8th. I know it's August 8th, all right? Help me out, man. You're on my team. Don't get me in trouble. Uh, and um, and it's, it's by God's grace and God's mercy because we are polar opposites. I am fire and she is water. And we, I think, I mean, we make a good pho soup. But that's, that's like boiling water, all right? That's what you get. Um, but God, God has done an amazing work in our lives, and, and we, we think differently. And so she has her own set of hurts and hang-ups, and maybe, maybe one of these days we'll, we'll, we'll get her up here and she can share some of those because I think you guys would be blown away by, by her story and what God has done in her life. Um, but we, we, we function differently. We're, we're, uh, she's, a, she's an introvert, and I'm an extrovert. 
And that doesn't mean that like outgoing, not outgoing. Uh, that's, a, that's a big, big mistake. Uh, when we were taking some, some courses in college, uh, one of our professors explained it to us this way. And he said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that because you're extrovert, you're like super outgoing and, and, and full of energy all the time. And it doesn't mean that like an introvert can't be full of energy. What it means is as an individual, as a human being, you draw your energy. How do you draw your energy? Do people feed you energy or do they drain your energy and so that's that's what differentiates an extrovert from an introvert so with Lori Lynn she's an introvert now you guys have met her and you would think man she's so nice and bubbly and happy and full of energy all the time yes but people are literally sucking the life out of her so at the end of the night when we go home um, after an event or a weekend or whatever, she's like, okay, I am done. Like, my battery is low. I'm like a Tesla, all right? It's awesome, but I get to the point where, like, I need to just be charged, you know? So she needs, she needs 50 minutes of, of, of charging by herself all alone so that she can recharge and have energy to, to, to deal with, with me and the kids. Um, I'm completely different, Okay. I get energy from, from, from you guys as an extrovert. And I'm not like completely bubbly and like, hey, whatever, life of the party, whatever. But, but I won't be able to go to sleep tonight because of how excited I am that I got to hang out with you guys. Okay? And so that's, that's the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And, and in that, I'll often just kind of just, I'm nice to everybody. Like, I want to love everybody. And I give to everybody. And like, I met you just 20 seconds ago, and we're like the best of friends, but yet there's a part of me that's not completely letting you in, right? Lori Lynn's different. She's like, man, I just met you. I'm like, you get a handshake. You don't get a hug. Like, I, you don't get a smile to like the fourth or fifth time I've met you. Like, you know, whatever. But when she decides to make a friend and, and really love someone, she is like the most loyal friend that you will ever have. She's amazing, and she opens up in a way that she loves people in a way, and it's, it's awesome. And if I'm being, like, completely honest with you guys, like, I'm, I'm friendly and happy to everybody, but as a friend, like, I suck as a friend, all right? I'm going to forget our anniversary. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget our friend anniversary or whenever we met, you know. I'm going to forget your birthday, all right? I'm going to forget to call you. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible. Like, I'm the nicest guy, but... I'm, I'm not, I don't have those skills. But it all comes down to the decisions that we've made, right? So if I'm being completely honest with you, there, there is a barrier that I've put up. There's a barrier that I've put up because at some point, my barrier was broken. And so I, I, I do have my, my limits and my boundaries with who I let in and, 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 and who I will never let in. And it's the same with, with my wife. And one day she'll be able to share with her, uh, with you guys, her past and what she's been through. Um, and there's, there's some abuse there and some stuff that, that happened that it's, it's for her to share. Um, but, but then she also has her boundaries with who she's willing to allow to come in and not. And a lot of those times, we, and, I'm, and when I say we, I'm talking about you guys. You guys have the same. And you guys have people that you'll let in and people that you won't let in. And here's the thing. Sometimes we, we, we set those st standards because of, of the things that have happened. And again, it goes back to the hurts, the hang-ups, and the habits. And in those hang-ups, 
we've believed certain things. And, and you have a standard of who you are as a human being, who you're going to let in and who you're not going to let in based on what you've been through in life. We can take all of these things at face value or we can believe in God's word. And, and this, if you guys can open your Bibles and read tonight, um, it's Galatians 5.16 that this goes deeper than what we see. That it goes deeper than, 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 all right. So I often love to tell this story, and I've told it before. But this is the story of the two ladies. The two ladies that live in Cyprus. One of them, uh, they're identical. Okay, they're like, have you, guys, you guys still use that word doppelgangers? Okay, so these ladies are doppelgangers. And they live identical lives. Except one of them lives in like East Cyprus. And the other one lives in West Cyprus, all right, whatever, um, or North and South, whatever, as far as they possibly can from each other. And um, both of them are like, they think the same, they do the same, they're like, families look the same, everything is just like identical, okay, except for a few qualities about them. So one night, they get home, um, husbands get home, they, they've been cooking dinner on opposite sides of each town. And they end up getting in a domestic dispute, a violence dispute with husband. They're each husband in their own home. And then all of a sudden, um, they both each grab a plate, right? They get all excited or upset and angry. And they grab a plate and they throw it like a, like a, like a, like a baseball player that can throw like 102 miles an hour or whatever. You know, just bam, perfect, perfect form. And one of them ends up hitting husband, cracks his head open, right? And the guy bleeds out before the paramedics can get there. The other one, um, this is where they were different, okay? Uh, she misses, and the plate goes straight through the window and, and breaks the window. And they got to call the window guy to come fix it the next day, all right? Um, the lady who cracked the, her husband's head open goes to jail for 25 years. And the lady who hit the window has to pay for the window, and she's happily hoppy, uh, shopping at Costco the next day. All right? And so the only difference between those two human beings is that oh, one of them had good aim, and the other one has horrible aim. The anger that captured both of them is the same anger. So as we read this scripture, let's be open and honest to the idea that, that um, oftentimes as human beings, we tend to gauge on a physical realm, but that there's this like spiritual realm that, that, that God is alive and lives in and that the enemy is real and that there's a big, huge battle and a big, huge war and that it's real. And so oftentimes... We have somebody come up here and tell their testimony, and they're like, yeah, you know, I was in jail for 15 years, and I did this, and I did that, and I used to drink, and I used to boom, 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 and everybody's like, oh, wow, your testimony is awesome. And then you have somebody who comes up, and they're like, well, I really don't have a testimony. You know, I just grew up in church, and I've really not never done anything or whatever. And you know what? Both of those people can be eternally saved, and both of those people can be eternally lost because the battle is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And it doesn't matter if you live a, an, an OC, happy, okay, never did anything life. You can just as easily throw it all away and be separated from God's presence as the person who did all kinds of crazy things. 
Let's read Galatians 5, 16 through 17. And it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They do not like each other. They're opposite. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Then John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came, Jesus, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The, The idea that my son would go a whole week in pain as a father I, I, it was like, I'm a horrible father. How could I, like, I should have, like, some sort of, like, a radar thing that I would know that my son's arm is broken, that it, the instant that it happened, that I would have ran over to the camp, that I would have figured it out, that I would have taken him to the hospital, that we would have fixed that, that we would have given him pain medication, that we would have consoled him, because that's, that's the father that I want to be, and the fact that I didn't even know I feel so guilty There's a father in heaven that loves you so much and you're white knuckling as you walk through life and you've got your secrets and you've got the things you've been through, your hurts, your habits, your hangups, and you're wanting to hold on to it and you think you can figure it out all on your own. And you know what ends up happening with us? Oh, that taco smells amazing. Okay. Um, you, know, you know what ends up happening is we end up walking through life with these words. I don't. I don't want to look at pornography. I don't want to steal money. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to drink. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't want anybody to know. My arm is broken. My heart is broken. I am completely broken and I'm hurting and I don't know what to do, but I don't want anybody to know. And God just wants you to trade that don't for help. Spirit of God, I need your help. I just need your help. If we would just stop saying, I don't, I don't, I don't, and we would just trade the word for, I need help. I don't have it all figured out. I need help. Man. Then you would get the help you need. If Sai just would have said, hey, my arms, does it, it hurts. I need help. What would have helped him? The same way, Jesus wants to come along and he wants to say, hey, I've done it all. I've paid the price for all of it. I just want to love you. I just want to help you. I want to walk you through all of these things. And it is no mistake, it's no coincidence that all of the millions and billions of people who exist, that God has brought you to this place. That this is a special place. That Seacoast Grace Church exists. That we would point people in the direction of who God is. That we would encourage you guys and challenge you guys to take a step and walking from I don't, I don't, I don't, I have it all figured out to I need help. And so that's, that's my prayer. That's my goal for you guys. And it, it doesn't have to happen at Celebrate Recovery. It just happens to be that we're open for step studies. And this is a thing that happens on Tuesday nights. 
and you will dive into God's word. You will dive into all of this stuff. You'll, you'll reflect on your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups, and it would be a perfect time to dive into this. But it doesn't mean that God can't work in other, other ways. God's love is amazing. And it doesn't mean that if you're not ready now that you won't be ready next time we offer it. But um, I thought that it would be a great, a great opportunity to hang out and to share with you guys tonight. And then just to, just to let you know that this is something that's available. Um, it's available for you to jump in and uh, put in the time. Right? JP was talking about how, how do you fight depression and anxiety? You got to put in the time. How do you break a habit? By making another habit. And so this will definitely put you into the habit of spending time with God's word, okay, of finding a group of people where you feel comfortable and secure to be able to share all these things with, and then allowing the word of God to, to, to soften your heart and to heal you and to prepare you so that one day when you do take an old person selfie, you're going to be the, 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 the old cool guy, not the not the ugly one, no. Um, I mean that in the sense that, like, we're all thinking about where we're going, right? So as we're, as we're thinking about where we're going, we got to start figuring it out now. we got to start dealing with those things now. Not when our life is completely a disaster. Although, we'll take you when it is. But you have an opportunity to start dealing with stuff when life is... For some of you, life is okay. For some of you guys, you're getting out of a catastrophe, right? They say it all the time. You're either, you're either walking into the storm, you're either in the storm, or you're either getting ready to go into the next one. And I just want to tell you that you're not alone, that we're here for you, and that you, you guys are already on the, on the right path, man. Walking in here every Sunday night and worshiping God in that way, something's happening, Right? It's awesome. It reminds me of when we first started Young Adults almost 10 years ago. And, and the same energy that I felt tonight was, was, was what was happening there. And God's getting ready to just explode this place, okay? And soon enough, you guys are going to, you're not going to fit in here, and God's going to move you over there. But God wants to prepare you to be ready for the people that are going to walk in through those doors Sunday nights. And if we're not healthy... If we're not ready, if we've not put in the work, if we've not worked on us, how can you help someone else? Right? It's like the blind leading the blind. So that's it. I'm done preaching. But if you feel like you need that, we want to offer that to you tonight. And um, I, hope, I hope that the God, God will continue. I know that God's going to continue to do some amazing things. And so just don't minimize the spiritual world. It's real. It's powerful. And it has the opportunity to, to make you who God created you to be or to slowly just tear you down and, uh, and, and make things a lot worse because we don't, we don't acknowledge it and we continue doing what we think we should be doing when God's saying, hey, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and don't gratify the desires of the flesh let's pray father we love you we thank you and um we give you all we give you all of our worship like we did tonight um we give you all of our attention
And if there was anything that was said here tonight that is true, Father, I pray that it would, that it would just soak into the core of our minds and our hearts and that we would not be able, would not be able to, to, to go to sleep tonight without, without even just admitting that we need you. And that we would be able to, to, to trade that word, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, and live this life of fear and live this life of, of, of just trying to fake it till we make it. And that we would trade all of that for the simplicity of, of, of just coming to you and saying, hey, I need help. I need help. And Father, I pray that you would continue to grow and to develop um, people that will be ready uh, to love those that are walking through those doors, uh, to, 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 to make disciples, right? You've called us to be disciples, and you've called us to make disciples. And so, Father, I ask that you would just give strength and give courage for us to be healthy, for us to get healthy, for us to take the steps to be what you've called us to be so that we can be ready to love others. And um, we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen.